I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. I am the project manager. The Designery is a lovely kitchen, bath, and closet remodeling company. We've been asked several times how to host more people or build out entertainment spaces for folks. There's a lot of things that we can do. Depending on the size of your base, we can add in an island to get you more countertop space. We can put in some larger ovens so you can cook larger meals. We do beer bars. We can do wine bars. We can do soda machines, coolers, all that kind of stuff. Please stop by our showroom, 3030 Wake Forest Road. That's The Designery at thedesignery.com. It's the 919 Beer Podcast. Taste the Triangle. Welcome to the 919 Beer Podcast. Joe Obvious from 99.9 The Fan in Raleigh, North Carolina. Adam Eshbaugh. Wayne Holt from 919 Beer hanging out. We will talk with Carolina Glenn and Dave from ncbeerguys.com. Should be a fun conversation about the uh, the state of beer in North Carolina. Today's food sponsor is Tyler's Tap Room uh, out in Apex. This is the Apex location. They're all Apex. over the uh, all over the triangle. You can stop by Tyler's and Apex and check out their craft beer selection with 80 taps to choose from, a variety of craft cocktails, and locally sourced menu items. You can follow them on Facebook and on Instagram as well. Look for a specific brew. Looking for a specific brew? Check them out on Tap Hunter's free mobile app for their complete and ever-changing beer menu. Again, Tyler's out in Apex, always providing a total craft beer experience so again we thank them i'm having this food i'm having like a what'd you what'd you bring me i brought a lot of stuff man. Like a, i think you had to bond me some pork belly and i had some fish tacos bacon and all sorts of fun stuff wayne what'd you have do you remember i don't remember <laughs> it, was it was pork that's all i know it was but very, very good. if you mention that you uh heard it on this podcast when you go into tyler's you can receive a free order of garlic fries oh the for garlic your table. fries the garlic that's fries kissing are... food right there so i guess that means uh our wives and our mom you know no i mean they're if, the only ones that listen well it, your wife maybe oh. if everybody eats the garlic fries together then there's no problems with the whole makeout after the fact yeah just that's saying. right well just saying uh the garlic Some fries of us react more poorly than others <laughs> Oh, I got garlic, garlic that's coming out my pores, man. Yeah, it's but a, it's fine. It's fine. Hey, it's, you do what you got to do. The garlic, fly, the garlic fries are always on point. Uh, we'll get to some events, but as we always do, we kind of recap what we've enjoyed since the last podcast. Uh, you didn't go out to Maryland again, did you? I didn't. Thank All God. right, so you're back in the uh, back in the stayed North Carolina home. beer phase here. Stay, stayed home. What have you but, had? Uh, ended up breaking open one of my country boys from uh, Lexington, Kentucky, that I got from my sister and brother-in-law. Who are who live in Lexington? Mm-hmm. Uh, we had the Sinkhole Barrel Aged Stout, and uh, we broke that open on Friday night along with an Omega Point bottle at the house. Things just kind of things just kind of snowballed. You start we started yeah. opening up things. It's usually how it works. But, uh, Joe, did your invitation get lost in the mail? Because evidently mine did. Eh, it's fine. I'm used to it by now. Yeah, I only get Joe is uh, working. I only get texts from Adam uh, as it relates to uh, podcast related things. Oh, here we go. I guess these two golden angels over here in my bag can go to you, Joe. Oh, no, yeah, no, I'll be more than happy to take oh, those. Man. Uh, to be honest, got with a you. couple Speak, of victims in here. Speaking of Jeez. speaking of which, you were out in Nashville again, dude. Yeah, you know it's a dirty you got, job. You got to stop. It's a Actually, dirty no, job. you don't. Somebody's got to do it. Yes. Yeah, my daughter lives in Asheville, and uh, so hence we you're not getting invited to my house. We last were Friday. visiting, <laughs> we were visiting again to uh, to spend some time with her. But there was also a couple of cool releases on Friday. Wicked Weed released their Cool Cumber. Get it? Cool release. Yes, they released their Cool Cumber, and then had Friday, that last summer. It was very, very good. It's or it was very a cucumber good. based. I don't know if it was the exact same name. It, it was. It was, it was yeah. Okay, 
And then they released their Imperial Cool Cumber Friday evening, and that was their Cool Cumber aged in a gin barrel. And I'm not a gin drinker. That would have been great. I like a lot of bourbon, but I don't care much for gin as a general rule. But, man, that was really, really a good beer. Well, and that's what like started that whole beer, too, because they, they have a gin drink that, that they like drinking. And they're like, hey, let's make a beer out of this. <laughs> well, they did a great job with it, so that was good. And then uh, on Saturday, they had their pre-release. If you bought the ticket for the pre-release for the Golden Angel, they released that at noon. So we picked up our bottles and got to try the Golden Angel, and they also had the Red Angel on draft at the Funkatorium, which they had not had previously when we were up there. So got to try both of those, and we finally got to go inside of the new Sierra Nevada plant in Mills River. Okay. You know, we've been out there to two festivals, but they were not open on the mm-hmm. retail side for either one of those festivals. So we got, actually got to go inside and... It's really interesting what $125 million can get you. <laughs> it is an absolute incredible facility. And, you know, the outside of it is- A lot is, of copper out there, too. The outside has probably got, you know, I'm in the building business for my real money. So uh, I would say there's a few hundred thousand dollars worth of copper on the outside. On the inside, it's probably more. Oh, wow. All of the ductwork for the air conditions uh, that you see in the restaurant- were copper. That's impressive. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So great place. Uh, they're working on getting their outdoor area opened up, hopefully by the middle of July, which will be a little uh, concert venue, uh, a little meadow back there. So a uh, really cool spot. Was it uh, this past weekend? Uh, I was out in. I was I was in a location. River it, life. It was ba- basically yes. It was river life. It was between the cities of Bellhaven and Bath. Now Bath, that their claim to fame is that's where. Um, the pirate Blackbeard would hang out. That William was like his teach. home. That was his old home base back in the day. Uh, so everything when you roll through Bath is all Blackbeard related. Uh, but this was right there on the Pungo River. Had a good time. Actually brought out a cooler full of stuff, including basically things that I've kind of collected from the previous guests on the mm. podcast that I haven't gotten around to. Because when, like you said, Adam, once one thing opens up, yeah, things just, just kind of go snowballs. from there. Gets ugly quick. Uh, the, uh, our gracious host made a margarita our punch. Our gracious host. Yes. See what I did there? Yeah, I, see, I see what you did there. Keep your day job. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, we it was it. We had like margarita punch, which then that kind of got things going. I'm like, all right, it's time to open up the beers. Uh, so we see so I had Foothills, the seeing double. Oh. Uh, had uh, had the Belgian from uh, from Raleigh Brewing. Oh, okay, the hell yes, man. The hell yes, man. Lord, those the, are big beers. Yes, it was a very big beer river. night. On the river, Jeez. and then uh, we capped it off with essentially w- w- it was a milkshake at that point. It was the burial that you had brought to me last week, Wayne, which was easily the best beer that I had over the weekend. That brandy barrel aged uh, stout, which was absolutely fantastic. Now, what's the va- what's the availability of that bad boy? That it, was a limited release. That was okay. It's it's made it to some bottle shops. I don't think around here though, but I know Brews and Ales and a few other folks had it. So okay. they did one one release of it, but but they sent it out a little bit. Yeah, there were um we were in a couple of bottle shops in Asheville and there were there was very limited up there, but they only did, I think, uh what did she tell me? Thirty cases. Oh wow. Okay. That. So there's was 360 See, now bottles that, available. Now I, now I hate it that I had to share it, share that bottle between me and two other people. So you hate that you were not like Adam and hoarded it for yourself. Man, now I feel silly. But a good thing is, Joe. You would have felt better keeping it for yourself. That's a very good point. We got 12, so there might be availability of another one. And there's a reason why I took the Aviator Mad Beach in the summer beer draft last week. That is what got me through the day. 
Gotcha. Uh, when I was on the punga, that's what uh, that's what I drank when I had to recover from my unfortunate water skiing incident. I hadn't been on water skis in twenty years, man. Like the great outdoors, it was bad. It was really, really bad. A couple of events uh, coming up here, including this weekend between four and nine o'clock. It's the NC Blues and Brews Festival. Tickets are forty bucks, forty five bucks at the gate. So buy them in advance. Go to Durham Blues and Brews Festival. Dot com. Asheville Beer Week continues with their Beer City Beer Fest Saturday. And then next Saturday, the 6th of June, got a couple things going on. Noose River Brewing Grand Opening. What's this place about? Noose River has been in the works for probably about a year now. And uh, they came out and hung out with us at Biracana. They were part of the, the Coming to You Soon uh, tent. And they weren't allowed to serve beer because we do things on the up and up. And if you're not open... You can't serve your beer, but uh, they were very gracious and it's came amazing out. how that works, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> they were gracious. <laughs> we're not bitter. Not everybody. Not everybody actually follows those rules. Or anybody. Yeah. But anyway, uh, they came out and sold some swag and stuff like that. So they're finally open, and we're really excited for these guys. They've they put a lot of hard work into it. Blackjack just recently opened, uh, and they're all in the same area, so it should be a big time next Saturday. They're going to have uh, three different food trucks there, and the thing goes from from midnight or from sorry from noon until midnight. Saturday. Before we bring on Glenn and Dave, the NC Beer guys, uh, there was an article in Fortune magazine about a craft beer bubble. It seems like a recurring theme, at least on this podcast, where I'm always... Uh, we I'm tend always, to get stuck on things. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm always curious about what the saturation point is with craft beer. I, I have a different opinion about craft bottle shops, uh, since those seem to be opening up a lot, and I think most people think, okay, I'll just open up a shop, I got some craft beer... And the people will come to me. But I've walked into some places and things just sit. Mm-hmm. And I'm always curious at what happens with that inventory. Uh, certain beers you can age, by all means. Others, man, you got to buy them. Hey, what do you always preach when it comes to IPAs? Gotta age get that those fresh. IPAs, man. Age them. Hey, get that fresh, though. What age them to the Make them like session barley wines. <laughs> I've got some of those at the house you can have. Oh, boy. <laughs> I tell you, the one beer not to age was that, uh, was Catawba? The peanut butter uh, jelly, peanut butter time? jelly, butter jelly time. time. Yeah. Woo! That was an eye-opening experience for you that I'm so yeah, glad you got to have. It was. You gave me two. Here's a fresh one. Here's one from last year. Tell me, the, <laughs> what, tell me what you think. I tossed the one from 2014 because it was bad. But it's, it's good fresh. Well, on that note, while we were in Asheville uh, last weekend, we actually went to the new Catawba facility over uh, on the South Slope. And beside Catawba is Vortex Donuts. So my wife went mm. into the donut shop, got donuts, and then we walked into Catawba and had a peanut butter jelly time and a donut. Not yes, oh, it's geez. about as fresh as it gets. So Matt Cohen. <laughs> no need for insulin. Matt Cohen, <laughs> no. who is the owner and brewmaster of Fiddlehead Brewing, uh, and he's been doing this for about 16 years in the industry, told Fortune Magazine, quote, I think we're nearing a crisis point when it comes to this whole saturation of craft beer. He goes on, I think there are a lot of people getting into the industry that either don't have experience and have never worked in a brewery or just see it as a way to make money. You can be successful at it, but it's a very difficult way to make money. Now, I see a quote like this, and I just think to myself, that's true of a lot of different businesses. It is. So what makes craft beer different? Wayne, you want to take this one? Yeah, I don't think anything makes it any different. Uh, you know, the the author of this article talks about when you open up a brewery, most people that are opening breweries have a passion for brewing beer. But what they may not realize when they open the brewery is that they just opened up a distribution center. They just opened up, uh, if they've got a, a, a restaurant as part of it, now they're a restaurant owner. There's several different businesses within that business where they their passion is brewing the beer, which they can do and a lot of, a lot of times do it very well. Mm-hmm. 
but they get distracted with all of the other pieces because you've got to warehouse it, you've got to distribute it, you've got all these other things you have to do. So, you know, I think that's that's the difference with the with the brewery business as opposed to, you know, eight out of 10 small businesses fail within the first five years, regardless of what they are. Right. So when you look at the brewery business, you're really opening up, depending on the size and the scale of what you're doing, you could have three to four, maybe five different business models within that building. And it's very difficult to manage. And especially as you start growing, and you're stripped or you're strapped for capital because a lot of guys are borrowing money. They're taking their savings. So they go in it. A lot of them go in against the odds that they're going to survive because they've got these grand plans to grow and to grow quickly. But go out and price a distribution uh, or go out and price a, a bottling line or a canning line. You know, Markdown at Aviator is one of the, you know, Aviator was my true gateway to craft beer. So we know Mark pretty well. And Mark has said for years, it's hard to make a living in this business. Mm-hmm. So I think there's in the bottle shops again. That's a whole other story. That's, yeah, that's a different segment but, of the of the business. Yes, you know, North Carolina right now we're over 130 breweries with about 50 or so in planning that we know about. Right. So it's you know that's a but lot of. Uh, wouldn't you agree that uh, now business sense aside, of course you've got to have that to run a successful business, or you're going to flounder no matter what. But no matter what the numbers get, no matter how high the numbers get. Wouldn't you say the cream's going to rise to the top as long as you have all your ducks in a row? If you're brewing the best product, no. Okay. That's not how it works. Okay. Usually the people who make the best product sometimes don't survive, whether it's because of bad business plans, uh, bad location. That's what I'm saying. If biz- business yeah, plans I mean, on the up Because, I mean, there are certain places that we all know if it wasn't for a certain aesthetic, location, those types of things, they might not exist. They right. might not have survived for the last oh, couple of years. You know, absolutely. Like, again, that, that, those are all things that kind of go into it. I understand it's a, it's a noble thought that those who do it the best will eventually uh, rise and find their audience and they'll and they'll succeed. But usually that's not how it works out. Either they go out of business or they struggle to the point where somebody else comes in, buys them out as an exit plan. I mean, these are things that you have to consider. Mm-hmm. Trust me, uh, I seeing you know doing what I do and seeing the things that I've seen. Sometimes because you're very good at something doesn't necessarily mean you're going to succeed at it. No, and and one of the. Uh there's there's a gentleman in the triangle area named David Gardner and David uh, if you Google that you'll get all kinds of things that he's involved in, but he is an entrepreneur first and an angel investor second. But uh, I had dinner with David. Uh, he's actually one of the partners in Fortnite. And when they were launching their product and they were just actually out handing free samples out, I ended up over at um, the Mellow Mushroom in Cary. And because my wife and his wife happened to be the only two ladies that were out there at that particular event, we ended up sitting down and having dinner with him. And you know this guy's sold a lot of businesses and, you know, has a lot of money. But he said to me that night, and I never really thought about it this way, he said, I'd rather have a well-funded bad business plan than the best business plan in the world that's underfunded. So the cream doesn't always rise to the crop, if you've, uh, to the top. If you've got enough cash to absorb your mistakes and to continue to move forward, then a bad business plan and bad product can get better. Another thing Market Aviator says is that with practice, most brewers get Should better. get better, right. So if you've got the cash to sustain your business for a couple of years until you find your niche or to get a following or to improve your product, you may very well survive where the guy that comes out of the gate with an incredible lineup of beers but has no money to get them outside of his tap room and has a bad location or not a friendly tap room and he just can't get people in – he may go down, mm-hmm. but he had great beer. Let's welcome in our guest, not a brewery, 
but uh, a couple of dudes who can uh, who can help us talk about the state of North Carolina and its beer culture. The NC Beer Guys, Dave and Glenn. Welcome to the Nine One Nine Beer Podcast. Thanks Howdy. for having us in. So, okay, you guys have been around. You guys have been around longer than than Adam and Wayne. I feel like Just they've. Kind of, I think they've ripped you guys off, honestly. <laughs> if well, we if, right if I may be honest, well, they're they're only the triangle. Oh, and we're statewide. Nine, nine, yeah, yeah nine, and we do different things. The, the, the North Carolina beer. I mean, it's there's been a there's been a longer history than people want to give it credit because of all the. I mean, just the 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 amount of breweries that have opened up in the last couple of years. You guys started this up about three years ago. What was your what was your initial goal? Why did you guys want to start this website? What did you guys want to do? You want to do it? Uh, we had been drinking beer. Our own craft beer journey was just beginning. Mm-hmm. And increasingly we were the ones who were figuring out that there were new and different things out there that was local, that was NC-based, and there were about 70 brewers in the state when we started. And we... I had retired. We had some time to do. Dave had a skill set with web design and, mm-hmm. and um, video background. We said we're going to do something with this, and we had to find our niche. So we narrowed it down to just NC Beer. We thought about just doing – we do a lot of video work, as you talk about later. Um, and But you go online, you see everybody doing video work. Everybody's drinking a beer on camera and put it on YouTube and talking about it, what they think of it, whatever's going on. Yeah. So it want to be a little bit different. Our, our mission basically is to promote NC Craft Beer, the whole beer movement in North Carolina. And we happened to fall into it just about the time we were on the cusp of mm-hmm. making it happen. We had a concern at first, frankly, was it going to be enough activity or enough interest to keep us busy. And that was, you know, we're overwhelmed now with things we could do every weekend, every night, whenever we wanted to be out and about. But what, our goal is to promote the industry. What, uh, what kind of reaction did you guys initially get when you started up? Um, from from consumers, not necessarily oh, the consumers? brewers, because the brewers obviously would like the recognition and want to get their names out there. But in terms of consumers, uh, th- I mean, did you find a, a a rabid fan base immediately, or has it just kind of grown in the last three years? It's grown slowly. I mean, our mm-hmm. videos weren't like they spiked up to thousands of viewers. In fact, we have pretty much one video that spiked up, and that's Riverbend Molehouse. But we have a small fan base, and we don't get a lot of comments, but people are constantly watching them, and they refer to them. Mm-hmm. And it's weird how, with the numbers that they are, but people constantly talk about our videos. I'm like, but do you even watch them? You know we have them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, and then when you but do our the- social media presence is what got yes. us there. Because yep. that's where it really hit. People, we ha- I have the time and pleasure, and we, we work the social media presence. Mm-hmm. So we're very fortunate to have about 7,500 followers on Twitter who care what we think. And we always are... When we're out and about doing, we're letting people know what we do. And we, we pitched ourselves originally, and still, we're not beer experts. We're not BGCP certified. We're not particularly trained. We are by experienced drinkers. We're home brewers who know mm-hmm. something about beer from that angle. And that helps us drink other people's beer because we know what goes into it and makes right. it what the efforts are. But we picture ourselves as regular guys who drink beer. We understand our palates are different than your palate. We think every drinker has a different palate. We don't review, quote, beer. We think we drink beer and experience beer and want you to experience the beer. We mostly are about letting our viewers on the video work we do know what's out there, what's available to them. This is a new brewery or a new beer that's available. Mm-hmm. It's, an, it's an educational it's an exposure, bringing the beer to the people. And I guess that's where, we are. that's where we are now. It's just keeping up with what's going on. I mean, do you find it now that people are going to your website, referring to your Twitter account, social media presence, just to be like, okay, I never heard of this place before. Now I want to check it out. I mean, Adam and I usually joke around about whales 
uh, when it comes to go find those uh, those unique trophy beers, if you will. Okay. Uh, I mean, do people go to that website now to say, all right, I've never heard of, like right now, if I go to the website right now, you guys have done a video with, what is it, Campus Rose, I believe. Compass, is, Compass Rose. Compass Rose. Uh, Compass Rose. New brewery in town. Okay, so it's a new brewery in town. Now I know about it. Now i got to go check it out. Is that is it, This is essentially what's happening That's right what we want to do. And uh, our busiest page on the website is the events page. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's got ridiculous numbers. So people, and if you search on Google, it's number one for a beer event, NC beer events, NC beer festivals. So we know that people are going there to see because we are constantly getting emails. Hey, list this. Hey, list this. Hey, list this. The next busiest page is the craft beer directory, which is the impossible thing to keep up with <laughs> because you know new breweries open up and right. but you know putting in the putting in the new breweries, putting in their beers, but then a lot of the breweries <laughs> will not list their beers. I only know them if they're on their website, but. A lot of the small, uh, uh, the, the tiny breweries that are one barrel, half barrel, don't list their beers because it's never the same. You know, they, whatever they brew, they got, and then the next week it's something different. So, but that page is getting hammered also, which is great because that means people the same thing. They're going there. I want to look for a stout, and they find a list of the stouts, and they see who's making them and where to get them. The other thing we've gotten a lot of positive feedback is our maps. We've got a, a map of all the NC breweries, mm-hmm. a map of the coming soon breweries, a map of the bottle shops across North Carolina, a bottle of the home brew supply stores, and now a map recently of the cideries because cider's an oncoming thing. Right. So we, we are, we're like we're an information source. We want to be the place to go to learn anything you need to know or, or question about NC beer. But not now, distilleries. That's right. Because I know a bunch of nothing about that. Yeah, and we don't pretend to know what we don't know. <laughs> we're happy knowing what we know. How has it changed for you guys since you first started? I, I can Wayne and I can relate to the, to this a little bit. You get you got to build credibility. Yep. So, how did you do that, and how has that progressed with with how breweries take you in? One of the first video we ever did was at <laughs> Carolina Brewing Company down in Holly Springs, mm-hmm. and we went in, and Mark had agreed to see us. Very kind, as Joe said, they like seeing us come in. And, you know, it's free publicity. They knew we were going to do the video, but he really didn't, he didn't. Nobody knew us. We were brand new, just getting out there. We walked in, and he was like taken back. He said, hey, "I thought you were going to be twenty-year-olds who wanted to drink my free beer, <laughs> and an excuse, an excuse to drink my free beer was to come talk to me and pretend that you cared." Right. So we had to do some video. Credibility. Hey, we, that's my hustle. Okay, <laughs> right, so exactly, like, don't right. don't spill the beans no, here. That's what, exactly what I'm doing. For you. Okay, don't ruin it for me. But um, so we try to take it seriously. It's not. It is. We want it to be fun, and we have a, an interplay and an energy. We like to keep it light and fun because that's what beer is. It has got to be enjoyable. But also, it's serious work in the sense that we'd like to know before we go in. We've done our research. We are prepared to talk to you. If you know what your story is, we know it too. Before we get you on camera to talk about it. So we are prepared, and I think that's helped with better credibility. Then we do a lot of follow-up, or if there's questions or feedback, or they come back to us and say, I said so-and-so, or I want to make clear this. You know, we, mm-hmm. we are about them promoting them in their time and space. Right. So we did have to build credibility over time. But as that comes, of course, that feeds on itself. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with our Twitter account and the social media, the Facebook work we do. We are responsive. And that takes an enormous amount of time to keep up with what everybody wants to ask you about. Yeah. I'm going to Asheville this weekend. Where should I drink? Right. Or I want to do a little uh, wedding reception thing somewhere. Is there a brewery where I can do that? We may not know Jack about that exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't know which breweries might have an event space. We know some that do and some that don't. But we always try to reach out and find out and get an answer to somebody. And people appreciate that. They, they like having a fount that they can go to and get some knowledge out of. Right, right. So, would you say these breweries do any of them call you yet 
to come in? Did oh, they call yeah. you now There's to say, hey, you want to come? Yeah, Chat, they, we got this new beer. I'd really like you to right. try. Yeah. Not that. No. no well, they do for me. But they, oh, just we kidding. Do have, we do <laughs> have people that send us beer to drink. They want us to drink their beer. Yeah. They, right. they, but when they ever get in the mail. Um, yeah, we all, we love getting the email. They offer it, but they never come. But uh, <laughs> no, but we but we have breweries that say, "Hey, I'm opening up in a month. Uh, you going to be in this area?" Right. Sometimes we can accommodate, but unfortunately, you know, when it's Waynesville or Wilmington, it's mm-hmm. not like, "Oh, I can just drive out there. It's no big deal." I mean, Wilmington is a three, you know, two hours, two hour drive. Mm-hmm. But that's Waynesville's a, a little more than that. Yeah, drive. a little bit longer, but it's just the other end. <laughs> right. But I mean, you know, like. Lazy hiker that's opening up in Franklin. Yeah, and he's met like, those hey, guys you back in the Grand opening. Yeah, no, I'd love to. Now they're almost like in Georgia. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're way the out there. He's, not, he's not as far as Andrews though. <laughs> okay. Andrews Brewing Company. He's he's the most west. But we do try to get out. We do part of our mission is covering the state, mm-hmm. so we right. don't sit right here in Cary or Raleigh, Apex, wherever we sit, and think we know what's going on out there. We make an effort to get out, and mm-hmm. we're out. We're mm-hmm. going to be in Outer Banks this weekend. We were in Wilmington recently. We go to Asheville several times a year, Charlotte. I mean, we're out and about, and that's what we do, and we, and we are serious about that. All right, so you, we're talking tiny towns, though. I mean, that's that's the thing here that I find kind of interesting. Sometimes. I mean, we're, we're talking about it takes – it's a haul to get out well, to some of these Well, you try places. to get to Trenton and Jones County. You go mm-hmm. to Kinston and take a south turn and go how many miles out to the cornfields? What's you there? Really need to go there any well. We don't have to go there anymore. That's right. But when we went to Trenton, we had to find the beer army people in Trenton. Where? But where's the? What's their end goal for these types of things? Do a lot of these places want to be just their their own town's little brewery, uh, so people have an opportunity to drink something that's different that you can get at the uh, at the at the local gas station, or do they have designs on kind of becoming a thing? It depends on how much they. We ask them that. How big do you want to grow? Yeah. You know, are you looking to be? You know, do you want to distribute? Because some of them are like no. I just want people to come to my place. I am not going to do anything else. And to me, that's where uh, breweries will become what was in the 70s, like local bars, that they'll have their own beer there. That's where you're going to get it. And those will become the hangouts. And you won't be able to find it anywhere else. So mm-hmm. you know that it's not going to be at stores or anything. So if you want it, you go hang out there. I mean, and some, that's all, and some, that's the only goal they have, is yeah. to be the local watering hole for their beer. And those are often the brewers who are just satisfied Doing the brew, it's very European. The very the qual the local pub, yeah. mm-hmm. right? That kind of thing. Because they're all over the place. But then there. you, they're like every small business owner who starts out with a mission. They've all are all over the board. You see some that from day one, all the publicity before they ever get open is we're going to be statewide within so much time. We're going to have bottles all over. You know, everybody's going to be getting our beer. Yeah. And we often think that's an awful ambitious thing. Or right. you're coming into Charlotte saying I'm going to put Charlotte on the beer map, <laughs> when they've got five or six already, already. nice breweries yeah. going. And you think, well, who are you to be saying I'm going to bring Charlotte? I'm going to bring craft beer to Charlotte when there's lots going on already. But, in fact, if you can back up your hype, some do and some don't. Now, wait, when they when they talk about putting a city on the map, are we talking about, look, we already know Noda, you know, in terms of uh, in terms of like well, Charlotte Brewery. I'm telling you. When are we, there are people who think that they're going to become like Dogfish Head or, uh, or Sweetwater, I that it's going to be a, people, a thing like that? There are people in North Carolina who think they're going to be as big as anybody's going to be hmm. in the craft beer hmm. side of the world. I gotta well, be ambitious, and and everybody's got. Their I don't think that that's a. I don't know everybody's that that's a bad their, thing. Why not? Nobody's saying it's bad. Right. It's just it's, it's a different mission than the local corner pub. Right. Yeah. That's all we're saying. Right. And you find it all over the board. A different North drink, Carolina. and a different level of satisfaction. Right. And sometimes they change over time. Now, one of the things we get asked sometimes because we do talk to a lot of new breweries. What do I do right or wrong from the get go? Mm-hmm. And one of the things we see often is you don't plan for success. You start too small. 
you take what very little bit of money you can cobble together, open whatever you can open, and then all of a sudden you can't make enough beer to suit your customer base. Mm-hmm. You you're out of beer when people come in to drink your own beer. You can't even have your own beer. On <laughs> right, tap. right. You send some terrible signals because you didn't plan to be successful. Yeah. Now I understand it takes a lot of money to do it right, and we'd love to see everybody be able to do it right. Everybody can't do it big. So there's there's some breweries that are taking a little bit of flack right now that that are doing just that that either they've they've opened up and and don't have their own beer or they've opened up they've served their own beer and then they're out of it yeah um and that that tends to happen a lot i know a lot of breweries when they first open just like you said they don't plan for success they don't plan for that immediate bang we've Mm -hmm. we've brewed all this great beer now it's gone now we've got to recover from it right um well along those same lines with all these new breweries open up and stuff like that you've seen a lot of these new breweries opened up recently over the past three years since you've been doing this, oh, yeah. or nearly three years. Well, what has you've also seen a couple leave, and you know one of the things we were talking about a little bit earlier is is this bubble. Is this now? I don't know if it's going to be a a saturation point, but almost you know the the term crisis point was brought up, and there's people that just aren't going to survive if if they continue the same model or if they they don't step up their game. What have you seen across the state um, as far as anybody who, what, or at least what have you learned that you've been able to tell some of these breweries from these folks who haven't, who haven't survived? Be unique. I mean, if you, and I've, I've said this several times, if you've got four breweries opening up and you go to the first one and you have a pale ale, then you walk down the street and you have a pale ale and it tastes just like the other one with a slight tweak, but you're like, okay, it's all right. And then you go to the next one and it's no better. You know, there's a problem there. I mean, that's where you, that that would be the saturation factor, the best of the worst. Right. So, I mean, you, you know, you can't brew ballistically crazy beers for everything you have in your line. You know, you've got to have some. Although there are some, yes, there some are. breweries out there across yeah. the state that yeah, just that, have yeah. a crazy amount of beers. And well, they have a lot of beers, and but they they not all of them are great beers. Yes, that, or good beers. And they, some are all very good. Some but, are good, but they 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 have to have either a unique take on what they do, a unique take on the style. Whatever it is to set you apart from the other people, and that's like any other business. Right. You know, it, it's anything that why why am I coming to you? Why should I drive thirty miles to go to you when I can go five miles to this person? Mm-hmm. You know, and some of these are way out there, and it's amazing that now that breweries have become what they call destinations and tourist places to go to, but all these other cities are begging for breweries. I mean, uh, is it? Lake Gaston, Lake Gaston, is mm-hmm. that way up there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, they three towns are begging for people to open a brewery there, but like, yeah, but you have like nobody there. The <laughs> That'd be a great summer brewery. Yeah, what? Oh, because be absolutely. I mean, from oh, yeah. from what April till October, that place yeah. is lively. It'd be jamming, but you know, yeah, someone's going to commit. I mean, Carolina Beach, they opened up a brewery not that's that right. long that's ago. Right. Good, hops. Hops. Uh, good hops, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Haven't been there yet. I plan on going out to Carolina but Beach in a couple of weeks. Is I mean it's right there it's like right when you there. get like it's right there when you get into Carolina yep. Beach, yep. Uh, but most people at Carolina Beach wouldn't go to the brewery. They go over to the the Fat Pelican, uh, which is where you're going to find all your funky beers, I right. guess. So, uh, establish. Sure. You sure? Okay, so that I'm was not, what I was going to ask. Sure. That's what I was going to ask. There are certain establishments in uh, established cities that that's where locals go, and then people hear about it through word of mouth, and then you have to battle an entrenched mindset already. Yes. Okay, so you might be new. And people might check you out that first time, but if I know anything about consumers, especially with my day job, people are creatures of habit. And you go to where you know and what you like. So is this what the new breweries are kind of running into? I kind of liken it to a Groupon. I might check it out because I got this great deal. It's new. 
but I might not be so inclined to come back. Well, to combine both those questions, one of the things we also tell new brewers, and we would suggest to everybody who's thinking about it, is number one, if you're a brewer, it's not just being a brewer that makes a brewery successful. Mm -hmm. There's a business to be run. Mm -hmm. Bring in some business acumen. Bring in a partner who knows the business side. And don't think your main job is going to be brewing beer if you're running the brewery. Right. The second thing we would say is aesthetics matter. What you do on a location. Right. Roll up a garage door in an industrial park, and you might make some beer and sell some good beer, Mm -hmm. but are you going to be able to draw a clientele and a base? Are you going to be able to build your own? Is that going to be the destination you want it to be, too? People aren't going to drive into the back of the industrial park and roll up the garage door and drink beer and come frequently for that purpose unless you've got a hell of a quality product, Mm -hmm. which some might have, and there's some local examples of that, doing very well in that model. Mm Mm-hmm. But you won't draw the first-time visitors, the comebacks, just who want the social scene. And if you're on a picnic table where all the brewery equipment is right around you and it's small and it's dirty and it's not well done and it's just you fighting flies and everything else, and it's just it's not an experience people are going to experience, no matter how good the beer is. I yeah. love those breweries in Brooklyn that are doing that. <laughs> They're doing quite well. <laughs> Actually, I was going to ask you, where are you originally from, Dave? Oh, why? So my Midwest accent give it away? Yeah, I was wondering. I was I was gonna say you don't How talk, far north you I was mean, gonna or? say you don't uh, you don't quite talk like uh, Carolina Carolina Glenn here. So. No, 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 no. I'm from Long Island. <laughs> okay, okay. That's right. So so how long were you there? Twenty two years. So your familiarity with, you know, though neighborhood pubs, local drinking establishments, those types of things, right. uh did was it a little bit of a shock when you came down here? Because... Well no, I I New York was the first part. Then I moved to Florida for 18 uh, oh, years. Oh, okay, even worse. <laughs> so I went to when there was nothing down even in Florida. Worse, uh, Where in Florida? Uh, Daytona Beach. Yeah, well, Daytona Beach is fun for touristy times, and you got well, Ron. I uh, got uh, was it Ron John's Surf Shop down there, and you're good to go. That's that's further south. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. That's in Cocoa Beach, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? My bad. Uh, so so yeah, so you go from Florida, New York Up to here. Florida to here. Back back. So the differences between the three. Uh, well, the, the problem was, you know, New York. You know, they didn't have the breweries. I mean, there was none that, like, what they have now. They're the same way. They're popping up all over the island because I was up there several years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was just the bars and, and the big uh, dance dance places. And then you go to Florida, and that's where I started my craft beer movement. That, I mean, I was an ice house nut. Yeah. You know, and but then a, a brew pub opened up by a mall in Sanford, and... It was beautiful. I mean, it was like the way you had the, it was all brass. Yeah, everything was in brass and it was all in glass and you can see the guy working it and it had good food. And I looked over and I go, what the heck is a red ale? <laughs> you know, like, when oh, you, you mean red dog? <laughs> no, oh, no. yes, red dog. <laughs> so I didn't know what it was and I tried it and I went, oh, this is freaking awesome. And I just started looking at the other styles that I've never even heard of before. Yeah. Well, then they closed because they were in a, yeah, for lack, you know, for when we tell people that people will drive for craft beer, but that was in the '90s, so they weren't nuts about craft beer. It was it was in the corner of a mall parking lot, and it was, but it was hard to get to because you had to mm-hmm. drive into the mall and then drive around a road to get to it. They shut down, and then pretty much it was me going to public saying, "Well, what's different?" And I started going towards the European beers because those were different. Those were different, right? That's that's my experience. Right. It was European beers with the different beers from the typical domestic, exactly, uh, that's what like the watery domestics. Yeah. So uh, that's how I kind of got the in on that before I started getting into American breweries as I got older. So you were going European, that you were going German styles, or what? Well, I, back then I didn't know. You didn't, okay, you know, I was just like, oh, it was just a different beer. I mean, you know, Watney's Red Barrel. Mm-hmm. Which I'm not even sure what that is anymore because it was so long. Red Dog, 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> and he seems to get after it like on one theme over here, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, I think somebody's going back to his days at Maryland. I am the walrus. <laughs> were, you, uh, were, you, were you pounding Red Dog back oh, in the day? What was you that? don't remember those commercials, though? I remember, the, Red Dog I remember the commercials. I remember, I remember seeing the signs. They had a good can. They had a good-looking can. They did have a good-looking can. I never had a Red Dog. I remember when I was at State, uh, a couple uh, – the guy who uh, lived in the same apartment building had like a Red Dog beer sign, like one of the bar yeah, signs. Yeah, it was It was, it was everywhere. It, it was great marketing. Yes, it was. It, de- it definitely was. Did you have Pete's Wicked Ale? Never had Pete's either. Uh, see, your life's not complete then. No. <laughs> and then with you, Glenn, what is it? You're obviously from around here. Eastern North Carolina, Buffalo County, Little Washington. And little, oh, I was actually just driving through Little Washington. Nice. Uh, actually, a lot of people drive through it. It's, nice driving, to, it's a nice dri- place to be, too, but if you're— No, I know some people from there, and actually the, where you really drive through is uh, Bath. Yes, that's uh, where I just drove through. If, and you also drove through either Pantego or Belhaven. Belhaven, yes. I'm actually yes. a Pantego High School graduate. How about that? Many, okay. Many, many, many years ago. Yeah, my uh, as we talked about earlier in the podcast, my uh, my river beers, I was on the Pungo. Woodstock on the Pungo okay. is where I was hanging out. Yeah. And uh, a lot of the Aviator Mad Beach was uh, was downed. <laughs> Aviator uh, Mad Beach, that was a good choice. While, uh, while I was sitting choice. on a dock and then getting sore from trying to water ski. That was a really, really bad <laughs> mistake. So... <laughs> Uh, problems. It was really, I'm washed, man. I am so washed. All right, so you grew up in the eastern part of the state, and I'm guessing that uh, your opportunities to drink beer were very limited. Our opportunities to drink were limited. It was it was a fairly dry atmosphere okay. coming up. Until I hit Chapel Hill, I didn't really drink at all. Mm-hmm. And then I learned quickly. Where'd you learn? To drink. No, but what? how did you learn? <laughs> kegs. Brett, she- boy, kegs. Okay. Drank anything they put in front of you. I mean, that's, you know, you just drank. You just drank. That's how you learn. I have no idea. But I'm guessing those kegs were not filled with, like, you know, top of the hill. Oh, no, there's you no know? quality there at all. Yeah, okay. <laughs> there's no quality this there pre, at all. This is pre-top Red of dog. the hill. Okay. This is pre-top of the hill quality. This, so this is, is what? You were at University of North Carolina when? Late 1990. Late 70s. Late 70s, okay. Yeah. And what was Franklin Street like back then? That was a great atmosphere. Oh, okay. not, not unlike it is today, except a lot less crowded. Yes. Probably a lot less commercial, too. There's a lot of chains there now. Yes, it was very, you know, Michael Jordan was brand new at uh-huh. his restaurant there, and mm-hmm. Hector's. And... All right, so then what was your first craft beer? Like, what, what kind of, like, with Dave, Yeah, you know, what brought you well, in? Like, with Dave, we know. Like, so, along the way. Okay, but what Didn't was the we first? All? I think we started hanging out more and more at the Carolina Ale House, okay. frankly, and drinking. Normally, you would go, and I, would, I was a Corona drinker, actually, mm-hmm. and drank a lot of Corona. But then you, then you started seeing Wayne all, sees nothing wrong yeah. with that. Well, that I'm I'm perfect, you and Wayne are going to skip out on arm and arm drinking your Corona. One draft pick. That's right. That's two drafts ago. frankly, you just, it was a matter of, I want some variety. Where is, you know, you get tired. Yes. My evolution, I was like, I want to try some other things. Right. And it was tap handles, and mm-hmm. it was promotion. It was what everybody else was drinking. And we started hearing about Aviator and Carolina Brewing, the local people who right. were doing something, the big mm-hmm. boss, Lone Riders, the bigger names. That's what drew you to, I want to try that. Yeah. And then from that point on, it's, it's just everything. been all yeah, in. Whatever, yeah. okay. I mean, I have favorites. Now, I'm not going to ask you your favorite, but I want to know. about our favorite? Well, I have a favorite, what can I be? And I, say I know, but it's like naming your favorite kid, and I think I'm the only person who has multiple kids that has a favorite kid and no, readily a, admits I, it. I, I have, have a favorite child. I have a favorite child. But well. I don't what, have a favorite child, but I have a favorite beer. So. <laughs> yeah. What do you find yourself buying more of? Right now, like what's if I go oh, to yeah, your we, fridge right now? Oh. Besides, besides your homebrew stuff that you guys <laughs> brought in. And thank you, by the way. It's 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 all fantastic. Um, but what do you guys normally drink like at home if you're coming home on a Wednesday afternoon? And I'm over the top on them. I I, I go out and I look for different things. We drink so I, much different stuff. Yeah, it's I when I go to a bottle shop. I mean, well, I get the uh, emails from all the bottle shops in the area. Mm-hmm. You know, the newsletters that say, "Hey, we got this in stock." And I'll read down and go, "Okay, who's from North Carolina? That, you know, what do they have?" And I'll run out and get it. I mean, 
You know, my last one I got was the Imperial Beekeeper from Gizmo. From Gizmo. Right. You know, but just because I've never had it before. And actually, I just had a Genesis from Wicked Week. Oh, yeah. okay. So if you think- So you don't have kind of like a regular house beer? No. Right now? No, I don't. No, because- it, Yes, that's nice. Well, part of it is, I mean, we do take what we do seriously to some degree, mm-hmm. and we feel like we should. We need to drink beer, right? And we can't always drink in work settings, so we drink at home. We drink around and talk about. It. We'll text back and forth at night. You know, I just had this and this. Is this mm-hmm. one thing? Oh, this what you think? What do you think? Have you had this? Mm-hmm. You know, and we we do. That's kind of like our research. Tell the wife it's research. Drinking right. beer at home is research. Are you overwhelmed? Yes, because yeah. that's my problem. With the options. Yeah, my, my wife. I, she she loves my beer closet because it's like I, I don't have a man cave. I have mm-hmm. a man closet because in the closet has I built new shelves that's filled with beer. I have I cellar beers because I don't I want to see what they're like in three or four years okay. or longer. And then I have part of it's the these are kind of cellar, but I don't have any room. And then the left side is the I got to drink these beers because they're IPAs and things like that. But in front of that is where I store my homebrew. And then in front of that, like work, right now, I've got beer. my big red. Well, I'm, I'm red dog. Red dog. I have a big red container filled with water and my fermenters inside of it because I have to keep it at 70 because my freezer, which I normally ferment in, has um, my uh, keg beer, which is a lemongrass ginger amber right. ale. Mm. Okay. Thanks for not bringing so, that in. So you have, so you've got your own What's stuff. You got the you stuff you got to try. See, that's why it's Adam. Adam's very, very open about the fact. Like you guys were talking about, you don't want to be some twenty-year-olds going up to breweries and like I just want to drink the free beer. That's why Adam does this. He just, he just wants, he, he just wants y'all <laughs> to bring in the beer, beer and it's like, all right, beer. I'm gonna go back to my day job, but I've had some good beer today. But my, like my issue, my issue seems to be it's just it's overwhelming. Yes. Do you have a go-to? Yeah, I have a go-to. I mean, usually if I'm going to go somewhere, uh, I'll go to Trophy. That's usually the place what? that I go to. I know, shocking, right? You can get in uh, there? Yeah, well, I got two kids and <laughs> I show up at people. noon. Oh, okay, that's Yeah, right. I show up at noon on a Saturday or Sunday before Day anybody drink. really yeah, shows like up. Six o'clock, you know? you're not seeing it. No, 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 no. Yeah, I get my two beers in that they have because they have a very limited selection of yep. what they've got. I try the two. that but things maybe change I, over and, there no, they, enough they, to keep you interested. Right, exactly. And that gets back to something we were talking about earlier. If you have a specific aesthetic, mm-hmm. then that's going to work out for you. One thing Trophy has and, going forward on two fronts is they're constantly changing their beer, and they have a very good location with outside tables. And great food. And very, very good and, pizza. And what are they doing that little bitty space? Wonderful things that little bitty space. Yes. And yes. So it can happen mm-hmm. in the right space, even a small space. See, but these right. two, it's funny. Wayne and Adam roll their eyes at me when I bring up trophy, but it gets back to a specific point. Wayne and Adam roll their eyes about lots of things. We don't check. roll our eyes. Oh, no, no, no. no. But it gets true. But it gets But You're the thing is, someone's projecting. No, it's not, <laughs> it's not a projection. Is I think that we, what we end up happening, and I don't know if you guys fall into this trap, is that you, you, you paint yourselves as regular guys, except that you're not regular. You're traveling all over the state to go oh, try yeah. beer. Well, you know? you know what? You're oh, not regular beer drinkers. But the funny thing is, as much as we travel, mm-hmm. and there are people that keep count of how many breweries they've been to and they travel, people have been Ooh. to more breweries than we have. Yeah. I, and, and honestly, they're like, oh, yeah. And we get people that write to us, hey, I'm going to Asheville. And where and should I go? you're talking about Wayne and Adam now. That's what? That, that's what you're talking about no, right no, now. No, no. Oh. Is it, no the, what was it? The uh, NC Beer Girls? Okay. <laughs> and so we- is that, with a, is that with a Z? No, 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 I think okay. I didn't. She's, no, she doesn't. Okay, she but doesn't. it's but they they we people are constantly saying where can we go in these mm-hmm. uh, cities, and I'm like, damn, these people are traveling. Oh, we want to hit every one. I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay, now that's something we'd have to do when we go yeah. do videos. But like, no, we can't hit every brewery. 
But yeah, because I find myself in a tough. position sometimes, and I don't know, I'm sure you guys really hit this a lot because this is what you specifically do, but if I get some, like, weird beer that Wayne brings in from Asheville, like, what was the burial one that you had handed me last oh, week? Oh, the rosary. The rosary, which was like a chocolate milk milkshake. It mm-hmm. was In brandy barrels. It really was excellent, uh, and I hated that I had to share it with <laughs> two other people. Your I kids? Re- no, with the, uh, the people who are happy, the, the people who are nice enough to invite us out to the river house. The least I could do is at least share the beer. Bring some beer, that's right. Exactly. I had to share the beer. But then, you know, you check it in on, on tap, and people are like, what is this? Where'd you get it? It mm-hmm. just seems that the average consumer, they might find themselves overwhelmed as well. And that's why I'm always curious, getting back to our main topic about just North Carolina breweries and consumer demand is there for a specific demographic, but for a lot of people, they might not be able to keep up and go to these places. But it's a growing demographic, Mm -hmm. and that's why we've been successful, because people are so eager to learn. You're right. They are overwhelmed by the options. Oh, yeah, there's a lot. And they're looking for guidance, and we just are fortunate enough to be in the right place to guide them as regular guys. And and since, I mean, craft beer has so much, as much as everyone thinks it's so big and everyone's talking about saturation factor, but still being only 10%, of beer consumption yeah. against the other stuff that they call beer, um, there's still a lot of growth. Yeah, and, and a lot of states are coming around. I mean, Florida, which had nothing, is now the breweries are popping up like crazy. Just like, I mean, I, I tell I mean, my parents still live down there, and they're like, oh, the, yeah, there's all these breweries that are opening up. There's one opening up around a block from us. Do you remember <laughs> where this was? I'm like, yeah. And so when I go down there, I want to check it out, because when I was there, there was nothing. Mm-hmm. So now, but. I go, well, they're, I go, they're North Carolina like three years ago. You know, it was, you had a smattering, you know, Cigar City and maybe there's one in Miami, but now there's, there's got to be at least two or three dozen in the state, if not more. I'm taking that crazy guess. And then, you know, because the laws change mm-hmm. and they were so happy to get that growler law uh, passed. And then South Carolina is going to grow. I mean, when we were uh, thinking about South Carolina and there was, what, a dozen breweries. And now it's a lot more than that because the other states are catching up. And Dave referenced one thing we haven't talked about today is part of the climate in North Carolina is about the legislature, the legislation. Yeah. Things are happening in the right way to support the craft beer movement. Not enough, though. Not enough. But but, uh, but a lot of things have happened that bring us here today. Yeah, we covered that with the whole NC Beer Jobs website uh, fiasco Mm -hmm. from a couple weeks ago. So, right. Yep. Mm-hmm. We're going to be down this weekend in the Outer Banks, and we hope to get to uh, speak. We were scheduled to speak with Yuli uh, Benovitz, mm-hmm. who was the one of the ground family fathers the of the NC Beer. There was no brewers in North Carolina until he came and broke the mold. And that, you know, he's that's kind of this is at um, weeping radish. Weeping radish. Weeping radish. So yeah. we need to honor those, cool. those fathers who brought us the good place we are now. And this is what the, this is the new weeping radish, though, right? They moved. It's they, the same weeping radish. Well, but it, he, he moved up from the. He used to be in like, Manio. He used to be in Manio. Right. He moved it out to Grandy, Grandy over yep. by uh, over where uh, Gravedigger hangs out, the right. monster truck. Oh really? <laughs> Did you not know the monster truck is based in Grandy? No. <laughs> no there you go. So See, why don't you go visit? We all know. Sorry, we're the NC know. monster truck guys. Yeah, no, we don't know. Yeah, monster mutt. You got oh, uh, wow. grave diggers out there. <laughs> uh, Toro bad. Locos hanging out. You can actually get a ride too if you want. Wow, that's killer. So Dave, to uh, to your point about the, the growth in Florida and the East Coast in general. Um, I was down in Tampa Bay for Tampa Bay Beer Week, and just the Tampa Bay Metro's got, I believe they said, 56 breweries now. Oh, boy. That was way off. <laughs> yeah, it's way off, but it's absolutely <laughs> insane down there. So you guys have been doing this for three years, and you've told us a lot about how you, how you got started and what you're doing. Where do you see yourselves uh, in the next 18 months, 24 months, as far as the NC Beer guys and where you guys hope to go with what you do? I don't see it. I mean, I think it's just par. I mean, we grow – the, I mean, unless something comes around, I mean, we we decided to go into ciders because uh, 
we heard like from Appalachian Mountain Brewery who had this, they were pondering whether to do ciders or gluten-free beer. Both require separate, you know, a whole different system. And they decided that they can be more expansive with ciders. So now they'll have, you know, they're going to have the whole line of ciders and one of them called Mystic Dragon is freaking unreal. Um, and so cideries are popping. There's 11 right now and there's going to be more that are up, you know, it's like they're at the beginning and they're going to grow. So maybe we'll do more with cideries, but and one the, the breweries aren't going to stop growing. And one of the things, Dave's exactly right. We'll do more of what we do and we'll do it better. We'll, we'll follow the movement as it moves along to cideries and to bottle shops and you know, wherever it takes us. But also I think we'll do more with food and beer pairings, which we've done in the last year. And more and more people are into the craft beer movement as a part of a dining experience. And we need to help them make those good choices. And we haven't done a lot of that. We've done some with the competition dining movement and some other things. But I think we'll be more about um, craft beer pairings with food, quality dining. That'll be cool. That'll be very, very cool. Well, thanks for coming in. Of course. Well, thank you. Uh, that, was a, uh, that was a fun-spirited conversation. Again, uh, ncbeerguys.com uh, if you want to check out Dave and Glenn and what they're doing and uh, check out their videos. It's only a matter of time before, like, what, TLC comes calling? You guys can be like Brewdog. <laughs> Don't go chasing waterfalls, guys. Is that, is that, is that next? Come on. Oh. Well, well, uh, well WRL's got to put we, you on TV we, at some we, point. We've, we've been approached twice. Okay. It'll happen. It'll finally right. happen. I, mean, I was going to say, the parent company might have to, I mean, you guys already have a, a presence on Out and About, so. Uh, yes. might, we do. We do right. We didn't talk about our writing. We do right and, mm -hmm. and we'll try to cover all the bases. Okay. Very, very cool. Very, very cool. Well, again, thanks for coming by. Uh, thanks for bringing the homebrew, too. Sure. Uh, that was uh, that was the, the, the one hot with the- pistol. The hot, hot pistol. pistol. That was called? Chocolate Raspberry that, Habanero that Stout. That was our award-winning hot pistol. That was- um, With Nota Pro-Am. Again, this is just coming from an amateur. It was very well-balanced. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Didn't uh, beat you over the head with spice. It was very, very good. Uh, again, thanks for coming in. Uh, next week, Adam, we've got what? What's coming up? John Heisman, Triangle Explorer, will be here with us. Very, so, very We're going to continue cool. on, I guess, non-beer guests, but- He's heavy, he's pretty heavily involved in in what's going on in the beer scene too around the area. So, very cool. Until then, uh, enjoy. Uh, don't feel don't don't be afraid to hit us up on Twitter. We'll we we'll interact too, like Glenn and Dave were talking about. We're very social on social media at nine one nine beer. Uh, you can also uh, follow me at Joe Ovius. Until then, see you next week. Cheers. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. I am the project manager. The Designery is a lovely kitchen, bath, and closet remodeling company. We've been asked several times how to host more people or build out entertainment spaces for folks. There's a lot of things that we can do. Depending on the size of your base, we can add in an island to get you more countertop space. We can put in some larger ovens so you can cook larger meals. We do beer bars. We can do wine bars. We can do soda machines, coolers, all that. That kind of stuff. Please stop by our showroom, 3030 Wake Forest Road. That's The Designery at thedesignery.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. 
We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.